Digital Marketing Radio, episode 225. How to market a marketing agency using LinkedIn ads. Digital Marketing Radio with David Bain. Brought to you in partnership with Sam Rush. I'm David Bain and this is Digital Marketing Radio. The show that delves into the tools, tactics and tidbits of how to turn a failing digital marketing campaign into a fantabulous success. Today we're going to be looking at how marketing agencies can best take advantage of LinkedIn ads, including what type of campaign to use, what creative works best and who to target. Joining me to discuss that is a man who's been specialising in LinkedIn ads for the past seven years. To date, he and his team have managed hundreds of LinkedIn ads accounts, spent over $110 million on the platform, and looked after four of LinkedIn's top 10 spenders. And he's still got room in his credit card. Welcome to DMR, AJ Wilcox. Excited to be here, David. Thanks so much for having me. Great to have you here, sir. Of course, you can find AJ over at b2linked.com. So uh, I guess the big question is, AJ, why not Facebook? Well, I I mean, Facebook is a fantastic platform, and I would never tell anyone that they shouldn't be using it. But when you use Facebook, especially for business to business, and especially for the kinds of clients we use, where uh, we're often dealing with, where they have a high lifetime value, these are high ticket items. With Facebook, we can target, and this might have gone away recently, but um, we can target by job title, but then you're only hitting the like 5% of people who bothered to put their job title on Facebook. And so then what you're left doing is retargeting, which is great, and lookalike audiences based off of like your customer list and stuff. And those are great, but those only scale so far. I'll tell you what, with LinkedIn, sorry, I'm carrying on there, sir. No, this is great. Uh, break me off any time because I can talk, boy. Uh, but with LinkedIn, we can zero in on exactly your target audience. I mean, these are uh, people in HR with, uh, you know, who have a seniority of over, you know, VP or, or higher at tech companies with more than 500 employees. Like we can get so specific. So we're not shooting broad like you would on Facebook just from that lack of Facebook knowing who your your audience is professionally. LinkedIn knows like 95% of them. So you have you know, really full control over your your ideal audience. I tell you what, talking about ideal audiences, I was um, trying to set up a campaign on Facebook and on LinkedIn earlier on today from my um, podcast agency, Casting Cred. Uh, I thought it'd be a great opportunity to maybe actually talk about that as an example of perhaps actually setting up a campaign. And when I was setting it up on Facebook, what a nightmare I was having um, because I've got a personal ad account and then I was trying to add a custom audience and it was telling me, no, you've got to add a custom audience using business manager so so add this personal ad account to your business manager okay did that um, went into business manager and it said sorry you're not allowed to add a custom audience until actually your account's been up and running for a few weeks okay brilliant thank you so i can't do that at all just now thanks appreciate that and then i went, I went on linkedin and added the custom audience so it was more of a traditional ad platform, I would probably call it, rather than actually Facebook that seems to be blending everything and making things a little bit more complicated. Um, I, I, I guess I don't really mind uh, which one I use, it's just which one gets the best results. Um, but obviously I uploaded um, my custom audience, which was about 2,500 B2B marketers in the UK, um, and now it's crunching over the data, I guess, to try and try and match it. Um, so. To get started, I noticed that LinkedIn have um, started breaking down their ad opportunities into awareness, consideration and conversions. So is it a mistake, for example, to go straight into consideration? Is it best for every campaign to to start with awareness on LinkedIn? 
Oh, this is such a good question. Um, the objectives as they are on Facebook are incredible. Like you, you tell Facebook, this is the exact objective I want to hit. And Facebook has so much data on everyone that it can do it. Uh, with LinkedIn, on the other hand, I just like, uh, I've had so many come to me and say, hey, we jumped right to the conversions objective because that's what we want. And you go, well, LinkedIn doesn't really know that much about uh, about who is able to convert and who's willing. Um, and you don't have enough conversions on your pixel to really teach the algorithm. So, uh, you know, I, I like to start a little bit, a little bit uh, differently than I think what LinkedIn would tell you. Um, to go straight for awareness uh, is on LinkedIn, just frankly, it's very expensive. Okay. You know, you'll pay uh, like eight to $12 per click on average. So, and, and that's in North America, elsewhere is significantly cheaper. But if you're going to pay eight to $12 a click to get people to see your brand or go read a blog post, that's incredibly expensive. So my recommendation is to skip past the awareness phase. You can still build awareness by providing value. And so I go right to um, it, what I would consider the middle of the funnel. This is you know, first time people have heard of you, but you're offering them something of such extreme value that they're willing to fill out a form for it. Uh, free checklist, ebook, um, you know, free guide, join this free webinar, that kind of thing. And uh, if you're providing enough value, you can get people to skip right to the middle of the funnel. And is it best to drive people to your website or should you get people to try and actually be a lead through LinkedIn? Because I gather you can also actually get people to ask for more information about what you're doing through LinkedIn directly and LinkedIn will provide you with their personal details as a lead. I would imagine that would be better conversion rates. Yeah, significantly better. Um, you can use what LinkedIn calls their, their lead gen form ads and the creative can look exactly the same. So you can A-B test it, like send some to your website and some to the form that stays on LinkedIn, but you will notice a higher conversion rate on LinkedIn. Uh, there's, there's no page load time. Like if they click it and your page takes two or three seconds to load, they're not clicking away because they're bored. Um, you, you can really get them uh, to, you know, they trust LinkedIn, so the trust stays with the form um, and, and it's, it's much faster, much smoother. The challenge, though, is if you're leaving all of that traffic on LinkedIn, uh, that means you're not able to track it on your site with UTM parameters. You're not um, you're not able to retarget that traffic with your Google and your Facebook uh, retargeting pixels. So, you know, there's certainly pluses and minuses, but I'm a big fan of start with the lead gen forms just because they do convert so much higher and you can test it out, see if it's going to work. Okay, so perhaps do some kind of split test. Um with a direct call to action, 50% um, of the time using the lead generation forms directly within LinkedIn and 50% of the time driving people to your website. Um, if you can get similar kind of conversion rates and uh, take advantage of the traffic and then retarget that further using other platforms, then that's probably a better way to do it. Oh, yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, if I can get similar conversion rates between those two options, I'm going to choose, you know, get people to my website 100% of the time. But usually the lead gen forms convert like, like you know, 30 to 100% better. Mm. And so most marketers are going to go, oh, wow, I'd rather have three times the leads, even if I can't do as much with them. Okay, good stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I guess you can even potentially use the leads um, as uh, a source for other retargeting campaigns and other platforms anyway. Yeah, true. And um, what about the type of ad? Um, so we, we seem to be moving towards video as being the, the, the primary form of content nowadays. Um, is 
a video ad uh, generally the best performing type of ad? Not usually on LinkedIn. Um, I don't know why, I don't know what the reason is, but uh, a static image ad is generally the best performing. Um, and you'll get, well, at least it's the most predictable. Um, most of the time it's 10 to 20% cheaper per click than video. But we also know that with video, you can make an emotional connection that you just couldn't make otherwise. I mean, download five of my white papers and tell me if, if you know, like, or trust me yet, or watch me for a minute talking and, you know, you can get no like and trust very quickly through yeah. video. So my recommendation, start with static image if you can, and and then test into video that's, you know, uh, it, it's probably a little bit more higher risk, but you'll, if it works, you'll probably see better results. Okay, okay, because I've recorded a video recently, um, I've added um, some nice um, graphics of subtitles to, to it as well, emphasizing different words on it as well. And um, it's about two minutes long, so I'm not sure if it's a little bit too long for an ad, but it kind of covers the content that I wanted to share. Um, it's also in 16 by nine format. Um, is it better if I make it into a one by one video instead of 16 by nine? I, I think I would. I would suggest one by one. Um, if you do, you can also do vertical video. That's pretty new on LinkedIn. Um, but I'm pretty sure you'd only hit mobile devices with, a, with, with that. But with a one by one, you're hitting every device. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think it's certainly worth testing. And then, you know, you've done all the hard work of getting the subtitles. It's like 80 plus percent of people. Uh, who watch your video aren't going to watch with the subtitles on. So the subtitles are really important to draw them in. Okay, great. Uh, you can tell I'm being really specific with my questions here because I've obviously it's something I'm actively doing at the moment and uh, want to get as effective as possible here. Um, some other option, uh, one other option in there was to enable the LinkedIn audience network. Um, they say that you can get up to 25% more traffic on partner apps and sites. Is that a good idea? Do you get as good conversion rates from doing that? Uh, the the audience network on LinkedIn is significantly better than it is on either Google or Facebook. So I like it, but because you're getting traffic when they're not on LinkedIn, we now have lost a little bit of control over understanding what mindset they're in. So if I can spend my entire budget on just, just the LinkedIn traffic, uh, where I can predict, I know what type of mindset they're in, then I'll do that. But where I turn on the audience network is either when uh, when I have more budget than I can spend, and so I'll tick that on and, and you know get a little boost, um, or if I know that this is like a really high priority campaign and I want to hit this audience everywhere I can. Like let's say there's a webinar coming up and it's seven days away, I want every chance I can at that audience to let them know about the webinar. So you touched on budget there. What's a reasonable budget to begin with so you can get a feel for the metrics to see if a campaign's likely to be successful or not? Yeah. So if you target anywhere in North America, um, you'll usually get statistical significance on your tests uh, down to the click-through rate and the cost per click after spending about $1,000. So if that's all you want to see is, you know, how are people clicking on my ads, uh, plan on spending about 1000 and, and get a feel for it. Uh, if you want your statistical significance all the way down to the conversion rate and the cost per conversion, which is obviously really important for, for us, like for you know, larger clients, then you want to make sure that you're budgeting 5k or more uh, per month in, if you're targeting North America. Like I said, if you target elsewhere, that can come down significantly as costs come down significantly. Okay, okay, great stuff. And uh, I mentioned to you that um, I've uploaded a custom audience. It says it's processing that at the moment. How long, on average, does a custom audience actually take to process? 
yeah, LinkedIn will tell you it takes 24 to 48 hours to process, uh, but realistically, it takes closer to 72. Okay. <laughs> so I, I hope they fix that at some point. But yeah, don't be alarmed if it goes all the way to three days. Okay. And another option with that is to expand the audience into a lookalike type audience. How accurate are, are they with their profiling of, of lookalike type audiences? Uh, lookalikes are, are they're pretty hit or miss. Like, Lookalikes on Facebook make so much sense because uh, Facebook knows so much about you personally, but doesn't know hardly anything about you professionally. And so you can use a lookalike to try to put these things together and, and find a B2B audience. With LinkedIn, they already had the B2B audience. And so I, when they came out with, with the lookalikes, I was kind of like, why? Like, if I know I want more people in HR or more people who are software developers, like, I'll just go target them and, you know, increase my budget. So um, I, I think they're kind of flawed right from the get-go because I just don't think LinkedIn needs it. Their, their targeting is so precise that you can, you can kind of expand your own. That being said, about half the time we turn on a lookalike, uh, it, it performs about as well as the audience we had before, and then half the time it underperforms. So worth trying. But again, if you're paying LinkedIn prices, you might as well be like ultra- uh, intentional and precise about who you want to go after. Okay, so lookalikes are good for lazy marketers, but if you're a lazy marketer, you probably shouldn't be advertising on LinkedIn. Yeah, it's a little little expensive to be just rolling the dice. <laughs> <laughs> and, and obviously, LinkedIn provide a script that you can add to your website as well, that you can do other retargeting with in the future as well. Is that a script that you can add on multiple websites, or do you, do you just add that on one domain name? Yeah, uh, you can put the same on all of your landing pages, on your thank you pages, on uh, your website proper. If you have multiple ad accounts, you can tie them all to the same piece of code so you don't have to have multiples on there. Okay. So yeah, I highly recommend get the insight tag on your website and all your other properties you own. Okay, great. So, so for example, I've got digitalmarketingradio.com and I've also got castingcred.com. So what I'm thinking of maybe if people consume videos on um, digitalmarketingradio.com, consume content on there, uh, potentially retargeting them with um, the casting cred services um, or so, so in essence, actually tracking people across multiple sites. So I just use the same script, the same piece of code for that. Yeah. Yep. I sure would. Okay, sounds great. Okay, uh, that's the end of my very specific questions there, AJ. Hopefully that's, uh, that, that, that's of use, that's quite useful to other people there as well. But um, now it's time for AJ's thoughts on the state of digital marketing today. So uh, more general questions there. So let's start off with... Secret software. So can you begin this one by sharing a lesser known piece of MarTech that's bringing you a lot of value at the moment? Uh, yeah, this one's tough because I'm always playing with a bunch of different technologies. Uh, but this one is called NIME, and it's spelled K-N-I-M-E. And what it is is, it, is it's data, uh, data processing. Think of it like that. So you can pull data from any kind of source, from APIs or Excel sheets or Google, Google Sheets, anything like that. And then you can transform it any way you want. Um, add columns, calculate things. Um, and then spit it out into any format you want. There's certainly a learning curve. I mean, it's very much like a data scientist's dream and it's taken me a lot of work, but I've gotten to the point where I've, I've made some really cool uh, reports that I used to have to go into Excel and do the same stuff every time. And now Nime just builds it all for me at the touch of a button and it's quick and, and it's free. I haven't heard of it before either, which is, which is great. I love um, hearing about software that I haven't heard of before. So where did you hear of it from? 
I heard of it actually from a friend who runs an SEO agency. He was like, hey, my my data scientist came and brought this software. Have you heard of it? And I installed it and, and immediately caught the vision of like, ooh, this could save me so much time. And uh, so I, I went deep into it there. Love it. And I love the fact that you uh, spelled it out as well. We're always good for podcast listeners. Uh, K-N-I-M-E.com. So very easy to find. Yes. Okay, so let's move on to this or that round. So this is the quick response round. Ten quick questions, just two rules here. Try not to think too much about the answer, and you're only allowed to say the word both on one occasion. So use it wisely. Are you ready? Okay, I'm so ready. TikTok or Twitter? Twitter. Facebook or LinkedIn? LinkedIn. That's the easy one. Yes, absolutely. I'm going to blow my boat on that one. <laughs> YouTube or podcast? Oh, podcast. Traffic or leads? Traffic. Paid search or SEO? Paid search. Ads or influencers? Ads. Google ads or Facebook ads? Facebook ads. Email or chat? Chat. Martech stack or all-in-one platform? Martech stack. And one-to-one or scale? I'm going to use my both on that one. <laughs> okay, so, so so why was it um, the both on that one? Uh, because both are incredibly valuable. Like, you need to have those one-on-one interactions uh, for uh, for people to become real fans of the brand or or the person, but you also have to have those out, you know, far-reaching activities uh, that help reach a lot of people. So uh, I, I try to balance my time between both. Okay, great stuff. Well, um, the next question, I'll be very surprised if the answer isn't LinkedIn ads, but let's see. The $10,000 question. If I were to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single thing to grow your business, what would you spend it on and how would you measure success? Oh, I, I think I may disappoint you here, David. Uh, my, uh, what I would use it for is actually video production. I have so many ideas for the kinds of videos, like little tips here and there of how to do things better with LinkedIn ads. And I know you know, production, it's a lot of work and it's expensive. But then once I have that video, I would go to YouTube ads. I'm, this is where I'd spend my own money. Go to YouTube ads and, you know, and push those out for those keyword searchers. I'd push it out over Facebook and I'd definitely run an ABM campaign on LinkedIn uh, targeting, you know, the people who already run LinkedIn ads at, you know, the Fortune 500 and, and those kinds of companies. So what's best practice for using uh, YouTube ads at the moment? Because it's something else that I do want to experiment with. I've, I've had um, lots of positive stories about doing things like uh, being able to target people who have, um, in the previous few days, searched for specific terms on Google. So you can be very hyper-specific with, um, with YouTube ads. How, how do you go about doing it yourself? Yeah, I think I would try a little bit of everything. Uh, anytime that someone's searching for something about LinkedIn ads, I would love for my video to just be at the top of their their playlist. Um, I would love to target, um, you know, maybe even if it's LinkedIn themselves, their own videos about LinkedIn ads. I'd love to do the pre-roll there. Um, I'd love to have mine show up when, um, as like, let's say if I have a sequence, if someone has watched the first one or at least 50% of the first one, then I want to show them the next one in the sequence and kind of tell them a story, maybe give them a little bit of a webinar piece by piece. So there's a lot I want to try out there. Uh, so something else I've been listening to about Facebook, uh, YouTube ads actually recently in that um, um, I think a lot of people have have been killing um, great organic success on YouTube by driving 
paid traffic to the same video. Uh, and apparently, um, if, if you do that, and um, if your average view time for your videos go down significantly, then your organic reach is is is, is Going to go down as a as a, as a as a result of doing that as well. Um, you know, for instance, if you have a, a video with an average watch time of, of twenty minutes and it's, it's doing really well on YouTube, and you drive drive paid traffic to that, and suddenly it gets one minute view time, then you you really are going to tank your average stats, and you're not going to do as well in your in, in your average rankings because of that. So the advice that I've heard is to create separate videos for your paid campaigns on YouTube. Um, have you driven traffic to the, the same videos that you've got up there that um, are underground or and organic success as well? Yeah, that's actually the only thing I've done on YouTube ads so far. Uh, so that's a really good warning. I'm going to go and break <laughs> them out separate. Yeah, well, great stuff. Okay, well, I mean, we, we can all learn off each other. There are so many different facets of digital marketing nowadays. You know, you're such an expert of uh, or LinkedIn, but you can't be a, an absolute expert in absolutely everything, you know. But um, I'll tell you what, we've been having a great discussion about um, what your current digital marketing tactics are. But um, I'd like to ask for my final question, um, what you're going to do next? Next on the list. So what's one marketing activity or tool that you haven't tried yet, but you want to test soon? Oh, man, that's so hard. Uh, I, th I think I want to try LinkedIn Stories. Um, I haven't ever used Stories like on Instagram or, or Snapchat or anything like that uh, as a consumer. So it'll be a totally new experience. I'm not quite sure what to do for B2B. But I like the idea of little like... Um, tips and tricks and strategies, just, hey, I wanted to let you in on this. So I think that's what I'm going to try next and then also even try promoting them, which is a, a beta feature that should be uh, coming out for LinkedIn advertisers, I would imagine, in the next few months. Yeah, I think if you're already successful on a platform, uh, you've got a decent number of followers or connections, then it makes sense to try something new because generally it'll get more organic reach and um, you'll, you, you'll, you'll probably be highly likely to be successful with it. But it's, it's a different type of medium as well. So it, it, it needs a different approach. And that's an important thing that you, you pointed out there. Um, so one of the stuff, um, you have been listening to AJ Wilcox from B2Linked, who on today's episode of Digital Marketing Radio shared, um, for, for me, um, a, a, a very important tip um, was actually thinking about the value of um, what you're doing with your targeting of your LinkedIn campaigns. Um, I love the fact that you said probably don't consider using lookalike audiences. I love, love the fact that you actually um, touched on, well, use your custom audience, but then maybe moved on to links, LinkedIn's exact match targeting after that because their targeting is so great. So, so, so for me, that was the, the, the number one tip. You, you shared a lot of great um, software, um, Nime, of course, um, everything that you mentioned um, will be available in the, the video description on YouTube as well as the podcast show notes at digitalmarketingradio.com. AJ, what is the best social platform for someone to follow you and say hi? Uh, you know, honestly, if you're listening to this as a podcast, I would highly recommend go check out the LinkedIn ad show podcast because I, I go much, much deeper. We get real geeky on LinkedIn ads. So uh, check out there. But of course, uh, you know, send me a customized connection request on LinkedIn and let me know that you, uh, you heard me on David's show and I'll be happy to be connected to you. Do that. Well, superb. Thank you so much for coming on, AJ. Always um, a pleasure to talk to you, sir. Absolutely. Oh, and I, I remembered you told me you were going to ask about Magical Marketer. Do you want to skip that one or, or should we <laughs> go in after the fact? <laughs> let's, let's, let's do that. It was, my, it was my notes for some reason. I don't know where we, where we didn't get, get to that one. But um, um, let's ask you um, in terms of... Um, a marketer that's uh, an up-and-coming marketer that um, maybe many people haven't heard of yet, but they're sharing a lot of great insight at the moment. Can you think of someone like that you'd like, like, like to share with the audience? 
Yes, there is a magical marketer by the name of Mark Gustafson. Um, I think he's on Twitter, uh, uh, Mark G-U-S or something. Anyway, I, I can search and, and make sure I get to the real one. But uh, he's he's spoken once at HeroConf, but he's you know relatively unknown. But he is absolutely brilliant when it comes to anything anything paid marketing. He's really. Uh, uh, really involved on like uh, PPC chat and and Semrush's Twitter chat. So definitely uh, go learn from him. He's happy to share everything, and he's not doing a whole lot of self promotion. So it's kind of a little kept secret. Lovely. Okay. Well, I will make sure that I get the the right link from you and uh, <laughs> feature him um, within the show notes as well in the the, the description on on YouTube. Um, as um, you can probably tell, if you're a listener wherever you're consuming this podcast, <laughs> this is the first um, podcast um, of this show that I've, I've hosted again for a while. Um, it was actually a show that I um, hosted for three years in a row and, and um, hosted over over 200 episodes. This is episode 225 actually, um, but it's the a, a rejigged version of the show. Um, so hopefully you like what you heard, you like the format. Obviously we're going to get slightly more fluid um, over time. Um, I will uh, thank AJ again for coming on. AJ, it was, it was wonderful to have you on and um, you know, really appreciate your insight there. Um, I'll just say that um, I've been your host, David Bain. You can also find me producing podcasts for BCB Brands over at castingcred.com. In the next episode, I'm going to be joined by live streaming expert Ian Anderson Gray, and we're going to be chatting about whether live streaming is worthwhile for B2B brands. If you want to watch live, subscribe to the Digital Marketing Radio channel on YouTube, and of course, um, hit the notification bell there as well to get the notification when we go live. And if you're more of an audio-only fan, well, um, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, all the other good places where you can find podcasts. But until we meet again, stay hungry, stay foolish, and stay subscribed. Aloha. DigitalMarketingRadio.com DigitalMarketingRadio.com DigitalMarketingRadio DigitalMarketingRadio DigitalMarketingRadio.com